You know, last Sunday, my, uh, Pastor Mike was talking about, he's going through the series in 1 John, uh, and, talk, and what he was talking about uh, last week was how uh, there is a progression of our growth in faith. Our salvation is when you believe. And when that happens, that leaves us with an unrenewed mind. When we're born again by the Spirit of God, if we're overweight, we're still overweight. If we're tall, we're still tall. If we're poor, we're still poor. If we're rich, we're still rich. But he instructs us to renew our mind so that we know the perfect and the good will of God. And that glorifies him, and it makes our life one where we have power and enrichment. And that's how he wants us to walk. And when Mike was touching on this, he spoke to me before the service and said, do you want to preach next Sunday because I'll be gone? They went to the conference. And just as he said that, I just, it just quickened in my heart. You know, Second, Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Now this letter was written because of false teachers and uh, false leaders had come into the church. Now, we know that's always going to happen. That's going to happen until we leave this earth. Satan is the enemy of our souls, and that's exactly what he wants to do. He wants to shipwreck our faith. He can't do a thing about the cross, couldn't do one thing about it. When Jesus shed his blood for us, he was totally 100% helpless. Couldn't do a thing. And there it was. Couldn't do a thing. But what he wants to do is get it out of your heart. And he can't stop you from getting saved. He can't stop you from believing. But after that, when that happens, he wants to come in and he wants to shipwreck our faith. And so this letter talks of a balance here. And it's got some scary things in it. If you were a new Christian, and this is the first book that you read, it'd be pretty scary. But he's talking to believers uh, and warning them about these false teachers and their lifestyle and how they live. Now, you know, there's an explosion, I would call, even now, of uh, grace in the body of Christ, of teaching of grace. And I love grace. I mean, I, I go to some of these websites, these hyper I call them hyper-grace. They don't even call themselves that. Hyper-grace websites. Where it's just, I mean, it just builds your faith and it talks about the love of Jesus. You can't lose your salvation. I mean, it's just, I, I just feed on that stuff. But you know, if Satan can do one of two things, if he can make your walk with Christ very sloppy, very casual, uh, do anything you want because Jesus paid for your sin, so just go ahead and do what you want. Uh, because it's all taken care of at the cross. Even though that's true, that he has taken care of everything, that is not our walk. That is not our walk of faith. If he doesn't do that, he'll turn around and make it so strict, so law-abiding, and so judgmental, you don't even dare to have bad breath. 
You know, I mean, he just makes it like, that's a Christian? Where's the joy? Where's the freedom? And so that's really about two directions that he goes. And this, this uh, when Peter wrote this letter, this is what he was instructing the, the church at that time. Now, I'm going to just randomly read some verses here that's describing these false teachers and their lifestyle. <clears throat> In chapter 2, you don't need to, te- uh, to turn there. I'll just, I'm just going to bounce through a bunch of these real quick. So it says, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master, even denying Jesus himself, who, uh, who bought them and paid for them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. You know, I might, I might add there, you know, there, there's even, uh, there, I heard a guy saying that, I mean, you're going to just about regurgitate when you hear this, but it said he had to die for his own sins too. See, even denying the master that he had to die for his own sins. That's ridiculous. We know that. that that's absolutely, it just destroys our gospel. But yet, that's a destructive heresy. Another one, uh, and many uh, will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the ways of the truth will be maligned or misdirected. The ways of their sensuality. Another one is, and in their greed, they will exploit you with false words, their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. And especially those who indulge in the flesh in its corrupt desires and despise authority, they're daring, they're self-willed, they don't even tremble when they revile angelic majesties. When you indulge in the flesh, you know, Scripture is very clear about following the flesh versus following the spirit. And the Bible instructs us in saying that the flesh is dead. Reckon the flesh dead. Because if we live in the flesh, there is unbelievable problems. But if we walk in the Spirit, there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus. So when he's talking about this, because some of these uh, prophets and teachers at that time were living a loose, loose lifestyle and saying that's okay. That's fine. Jesus died for all that. This is a true story. Down at the liquor store, a gal's drinking away. She was getting pretty drunk. She lifted up a toast and said, we don't have to worry about this. Christ died for this. True story. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Now, another thing we have to watch here, you know, with grace, grace is something that enables us to look at our Savior and enjoy Him and just, in, and just relax in Him, rest in Him, the Bible talks about. A believer's rest and rest in Him. We don't want to get to the place where we're always watching every move I make. Every, is that wrong? Is that right? You, know, you become like a robot after a while, you know, and you just, there's no freedom. You know, there's freedom in Jesus, but there's freedom in the Spirit. There's not freedom in the flesh. Because, as the Bible explains, the flesh and its ungodly desires. So we need to know the difference with that. 
He goes on to explain, uh, he says, but these are like unreasoning animals, born as creatures of instinct to be captured and killed, reviving where they have no knowledge and will and the destruction of creatures, they will also be destroyed. These people are like springs without water and mists driven by a storm for whom the black darkness has been reserved. For speaking out arrogant words of vanity, they entice by fleshly desires, by sensuality, those who barely escape from the ones who live in error, promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by, <clears throat> for by what a man is overcome that he is enslaved. It gets worse. Uh, I don't have the time to go through the whole book, but I hope we're getting the point here. You know, I said before, I love grace. I just, I love grace because grace has set me free. I, I grew up, you had to watch every move you made. I, I wasn't comfortable with Christianity. And, and what happens is, you think it's too burdensome, too overwhelming, and you, and you, you throw it away and say, ah, I can't live a life like this. I can't, I can't be a Christian. That, that, oh, that plagued me for years. Until I, I understood, and I just, it broke open, that I am forgiven. I am really forgiven. And then we get freedom. And we can walk in that freedom. Hallelujah. So with that all said, let's go watch the Vikings. <laughs> so I, I, like I say, it gets, it's, 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 it's worse because Peter is making a, a, a great plea here and saying, you have to really live a different lifestyle. So let's go back to the first, the, the first verse. We'll, we'll read a couple of verses here. And we'll see an answer to this. And right away, Peter... <clears throat> Peter starts right away and gives the good news. He says, Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who received the faith of the same kind as ours, and by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. This is good. This is good news. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Ah, it's good, it's good, it's good. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. His power, his desire just came at us and said, I'm going to give him life and godliness. That word life is the God kind of life, the everlasting life, life that lives on and on, not the life that we live in the flesh. That's a spirit life. It's a life that's never, ever overcame. When uh, Lynette's dad was dying, uh, we'd go into his room and grab his hand and, and say, Ray, you're not dying. You're going to be more alive than you ever were. He loved it. His, his, you could just sense when he got that. He just, he'd just hold his hands out and and let us pray for him. And that's the kind of life we try to encourage. Grandpa, you've got to think of that. You don't, don't think of a, a body that needs oxygen from a tube or needs <clears throat> a special bed to lay on or medication to keep the pain away. No, this is passing away. You're getting a new life. 
He loved that. Boy, he says, you know, those that live in Jesus Christ never die. They never die. Never die. I love praying that over. I, I just get little God bumps when we pray over. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Seeing that his divine power is granted to us, verse 3, everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his glory and excellence. In verse 4, by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises in order that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Becoming partakers of the divine nature. The divine nature, that's his nature. That's not any special human elevated nature. That's his divine nature. He's given us his righteousness. He's given us everything, everything he has. Everything that's in heaven that Jesus is experiencing now, you're going to experience. This is what Peter says has been granted to you. That's awesome. This is what he, what he wants to make sure before he continues in this letter, I want you to understand this. I want you to know this. And when we become participants, that means we're players. That means we're... Uh, um, we're in it. We're in step with it. The divine nature. This is what he wants to keep reminding us of. <clears throat> and now for this very reason. Verse 5 starts out, we heard what he did. We heard what he's done. We heard what his desire is to put us in this place. And now, now it's our turn. Now it's our turn. And these, uh, these verses, 1 through 11, are, are steps. I like steps. And I, I've shared this with our Sunday morning Bible study. Uh, when Ryan went into treatment uh, at Woodstock, I saw the 12 steps of AA. And I thought, I like that. I like steps. You know, uh, we, always, we always talk about, you know, some minds file and some minds pile. Well, mine likes to pile, you know. And I, I, I like that. I like that. You know, I want to add something right here. Um, Brad and Patty, uh, article in the Independent. I don't know how many of you read it, uh, but it's in the Independent. Uh, that's an awesome, awesome letter. Thank you for the courage to do that. Thank you. We'd love to see victory. I always like to brag about you, Brad. You've been to, what, 22 treatment centers? Awesome. I, that ministered to me. Uh, you know, I said he hasn't given up. He tried, and he kept trying. And Patty, the stuff that you said, uh, the pain you had and, and everything, and you're able to share it encouraged a lot of people. The minute I read that, I prayed, Lord, this is, there's going to be somebody out there that needs this, and they need it big time. Thank you for guys for doing that. Amen. Love you. And, and so he's telling us here in these steps, now, for this reason, what reason? The reason that we just read about how he's given us so much. Now, I want you to do something. We've got to remember, this is in light of what Peter had been <coughs> confronting all these false teachers with their loose lifestyle. Now, he said, uh, now, in your diligence, applying all diligence, that means make every effort. In your faith, right along with your, play, with your faith, supply moral excellence. <clears throat> we see today moral excellence. We know uh, the Bible tells us in the end times there'll be scoffers, uh, there'll be people that 
you know, uh, uh, malign the word of God. It's, it's, uh, it's of no value, uh, so on and so forth. Um, and moral values, how they decline. Uh, I think I shared this before. I, it's not, I just don't even like to share it, but uh, when I was doing a study on uh, cultural values a couple years ago, they said 30% of the inter internet uh, uh, is uh, downloading is pornography. You know, and uh, the moral excellent. And now it's just, it's just before our very eyes. It's just that quick. And so he's, he's moral excellence. You know, moral excellence <clears throat> requires righteous thinking. Concepts. And we want to examine what we think about. Seriously examine what you think about. And are your thoughts righteous? If they're not, should we, we should trash them. You know, it's, uh, you know, Paul said, take every thought captive. And we talked about that so much in, in Journey to Freedom. What are you thinking about? Is it taking you away? Is it pulling and pulling and pulling you? you know, and, and it could get you into depression. <clears throat> it could get you, get you into immorality. It could get, get you into doing things that are harmful to you. When you sin, when you and I sin, he forgives us. He understands that. I came to set the captives free. So when you and I sin, he, he knows you're going to do it before you do it. The problem is it does a number on us. It works us over pretty good. And then we get the feeling we can't come to him. He doesn't love us anymore. We feel we've got to do something to get back in his grace. We feel that we are, are not adequate. And if that increases, it takes you down. It ship, shipwrecks your faith. And it's like he talks about later in his letter, it says, you become useless and non-effective in the grace of God. So moral excellence he talks about. Uh, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. What are, you, what are you gaining knowledge in? Are you gaining knowledge in the Lord Jesus Christ and his wonder uh, and his awe and his, his love for us? Gain knowledge in that. <clears throat> Self-control. You know, in uh, Proverbs, uh, I, I used to have this written in my Bible all the time. I, I switched Bibles, so I lost it. Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-eight. It says that a man does not, uh, does not have a rule over his spirit. It's like a city with broken walls. So self-control is so important. If we take and look at uh, a city that has no walls, every enemy can come in. See, this made sense back then because every city you went to had walls and they had guards to not let anything in. You know, and it says that a man does not control his spirit is like a city with broken walls. Anything can come in. You know, that verse that says, you know, guard your hearts with all diligence, all diligence, for out of it comes the issues of life. So he's talking here about self-control. Perseverance. Boy, do we need perseverance. The enemy wants to knock us down every turn of the way. Wants to discourage us every way he can. He wants to take our legs out from under him. That's why we need a firm foundation. That's why we have a firm foundation. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The rock. Firm foundation helps our perseverance. And your perseverance, godliness. You know, we hear this saying, well, nobody's perfect. You know, we, we, we write that off and, you know, and say, well, uh, you know, everybody, everybody falls. And we do. But our goal ought to be godliness. 
What would, what would Jesus do here? What would, he, what, would he, what, would he, what would he be his concept of what I'm doing right now or what I'm thinking or what I'm, in, what I'm involved in? In your, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness. Just be nice. Just, just be good. Just be good to people. Just say nice things to them. And just help them. Don't slander them. Don't talk bad about them. Just, just be nice. And your brotherly kindness, love. How often we use the verse, love never fails. And it don't. Love never fails. Love overcomes every time. Every time. Every time. We're sharing on uh, our Bible study this morning how, you know, Jesus encountered people that needed him so bad. They weren't worthy. They were, they were prostitutes. Uh, they, were, uh, they were drunks, immoral people. They needed him bad. But love overwhelmed them. This one gal we're talking about, this harlot, she loved him so much she was wiping his feet with her tears and her hair and she loved him and he said you know your faith has saved you love never fails if we can show love to people if we can show love to our children they won't fail they won't fail I, I, if we if we took and that was our Walk for that day. You know, every once in a while, I'll, uh, you know, I like to challenge myself and say, okay, it's Saturday. Um, I'm going to take every, every, everything I do today, every thought that I have, I'm going to, Jesus is going to be there in every thought I have. I'll try that sometime. You might go a minute. <laughs> you might go five minutes. You might go an hour. But there's things that are going to be, you know, wanting to introduce themselves into your thought life. But I love challenges like that. Are you with me today, Lord? Well, sure you are. Your word says. Can I trust you today, Lord? You sure? I sure can. I, 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 yes, I can. And so I develop a, develop a thought life where he's included and his goodness and his mercy is included. And you know, another thing that was happening back there, and this is what Satan is so good at, he'll lead you into a sin which for a time is pleasurable, and he'll turn right around on you, and he'll shut the door behind you, and you're in the room with him and say, now, I got you. You followed me in here, didn't you? Now I got you. And he traps us, and he scares us, and he deceives us. Even though he's the one that pulled us in, he's the one that turns around and accuses us. He plays dirty. He just flat plays dirty. And so one of the things that Peter had to remind the believers back then was what you've got. And he's kind of concluding here a little bit. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he's saying, get these qualities. Because these other guys, these false teachers, didn't have that quality. 
You know, they were doing a bad show. They weren't good for you. Verse 9, for he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Blind or short-sighted. Stubby, stubby faith. Uh, Ineffective faith will evolve from that. Easily overcome by life's trials. No depth of understanding. Becoming short-sighted, blind. He wants us to be in the full revelation of who he is and how wonderful he is. And he wants us to have the full revelation that he did it for us. He wants you to have the full revelation that Christ in you, the hope of glory. You're not standing alone. You're standing with him. He's standing with you. He's standing for you. And he said, when this happens, if you become short-sighted, have forgot, what, what happens is you forgot what he did for you, forgot your purification of sins. We've been going over this on, again on Sunday morning. Hebrews 10, 10 and 12, where he states, there's one sacrifice, one time for all sin. And he's forgiven our sins, past, present, future. You know, I'm going back to verse 5 in, in, uh, that we looked at earlier. Because of this, and for this reason, be all the more diligent. Don't be sloppy. Don't be sloppy with your faith. Don't be sloppy and give your Savior a bad image. Because you are Christ on this earth. You are his body. You are his living organism on this earth. Verse, verse 10 says, uh, Therefore, uh, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. See, they were scared. You know, they were, what they were doing back there was they, they were inviting him into sin, and then they would turn around, and there you would stand, having uh, a shipwrecked faith, and then you wonder, am I going to be saved? Am I even going to be, what have I done here? But he, he claims here that if you practice these things, you'll never stumble. You don't have to worry about, don't have to worry about your salvation. Even though he's done it all, he did all the work, you can't. This is not a call to say, if I do these things, he'll save me. No, he saved you by his goodness and his grace. And when you believe that, then you became born again. And now what he's saying, I want you to take this wonderful gift that you have been given, and I want you to walk in it. I want you to reflect me. And I want you to be a warmth and a comfort to others that are around you and by you. Verse 11, for in this way the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. I always think of when, when John goes to heaven, they're going to throw the doors open, John. He made her. There he is. Abundantly supplied. They might have a band for you. You know, uh, it's going to be abundantly supplied. Oh, I'm glad he's here. He's here. This is what Jesus promises us.
I think I'm going to go back again and say, you know, this is the age of um, a period of, of grace, grace message. Uh, and we've known it all the time. It hasn't changed. It was, it was there 2,000 years ago. The minute uh, Jesus went to heaven, uh, the grace message was there. Hyper-grace message, if you will. But there are some that are even stepping out further and saying there's no hell. That if, it's, it's like they're teaching that if God's, been, it's, if God's going to be good, if Jesus is going to be good, let's, let's really make him good. Let's make him that if we sin, don't worry about it. That, that's, that's fine. Uh, and and there's, there's no hell. Seriously, this is, this is, abs- this is there, out there. There's no hell, and there's a thing called inclusionism. That means everybody's going to heaven. That, the, power, the power of Jesus coming from the grave, everybody's going. It doesn't make a bit of difference. You're all going. And some say you're going to get a second chance. Some say that when you die and uh, you, know, you meet him, you're going you're to have a second chance. Well, what would you say? Nope. Send me to hell. That's fine. I don't think so. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that are out there that take the grace of God and they use it uh, for their own purposes. Maybe it preaches a good message. Maybe we sell some wonderful tapes. Uh, Maybe we have meetings where we pass the hat. There's a lot of money to be made in the grace message, believe it or not. Like anything uh, that God says that people have made, made money out of. And so a message like this from Peter, he's warning us. He says, you can't get sloppy with this. This is too good. Don't lose it. It's too wonderful. Let's close in prayer. Lord, thank you for, uh, for, for giving us this balance, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much. That, Lord, we hear things that we don't want to hear. There's things in your word, Lord, that we just don't want to read but it's there for our good it's there for our cleansing it's there for our sanctification it's there for our walk lord and we thank you for that we thank you for being the great shepherd we thank you for being the loving father we thank you for being the way and father as this week comes on us and we walk this week lord that We become more and more conscious of you all the time, Lord. And we thank you and praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.